Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. All right, here we go. 134 in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich with you. Dustin Kaufman behind the glass helping out today. Bob Stoffer uh, getting set for Blair Drake's uh, memorial. As uh, that's supposed to take place uh, in a few minutes here. And uh, that's why I'm in the big chair today. But uh, Morley Scott is on the road out in Winnipeg to uh, begin the Eskimo season tonight. Can't wait for uh, this game. I'm sure Morley's excited. Eskimo fans excited as well. The Grey Cup here in Edmonton. And uh, the Eskimos hoping to get there when it's all said and done. But first, it starts tonight against the PAG. Uh, Morley, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, how are you doing, Brendan? I'm not bad. You were saying a little bit uh, interesting weather uh, out there in the Winnipeg right now as the lead yeah, up to the game? Yeah, it, it, it's been pretty hot. Uh, earlier today it was really nice. Then uh, it rained and got really windy. But right now it's 27 degrees here. It's supposed to be 28 degrees for kickoff uh, tonight around uh, 7.30 local time, 6.30 in Edmonton. So uh, probably a chance of some showers, maybe some thunder showers later on in the football game tonight. So it could become a factor in the late going. But right now... Beautiful day for football in Winnipeg. Well, we know uh, the Grey Cup is here in Edmonton. We'll get back to this specific game in a second, but uh, the Eskimos, of course, some extra motivation. You know they want to be there morally. Uh, it'd be pretty uh, cool to see uh, them play in that game and hopefully win it on home field. Likely have to get through Calgary, though, before that. As everyone says, Calgary uh, likely the top of uh, the West right now, at least in terms of the power rankings. And then out east, you have Toronto looking good. Don't forget about Saskatchewan out west. So there are some good teams as uh, we get set for the season. Where do you think uh, the Eskimos sort of fit in when it comes to the power rankings ahead of the season? And where do you think they'll be when it's all said and done? I think they'll be right there at the top of the West uh, battling with Calgary. I don't think it's going to be any different than it's been the last, what, three years or so. The West is going to be so, so tough to come out of. Uh, I think the winner of the West is going to be the team that has the best record within the West. So that's why even the early games become important against your own division. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Edmonton and Calgary are going to be neck and neck. I thought Winnipeg would, would be uh, have a chance to be there too, but, I mean, they're going to have to just tread water and uh, stay afloat while Matt Nichols is out and then see if they can play catch-up after that. Uh, and uh, BC is still a question mark for me. I'm not sure. I think they made uh, they made a lot of changes. Maybe they made too many changes. I'm not sure. And, of course, the Saskatchewan Roughriders, I think, are going to be a little bit better than last year. And I think some teams are going to be better than last year in the West, but that doesn't equate to more wins, I don't think, uh, because the West is so tough. And you might be a better team, but everybody else is getting better too, so it might be hard to to equal the win totals. I can see the first place team, uh, there being a tie or even, you know, the top few teams with 11, 10 wins. That's how tight it's going to be. And, and I don't imagine, I don't imagine there would be much of a point spread between first and third place in the CFL, especially first and second and then in, in the West and then third, fourth and fifth could be very close as well. Out East, anyone else you like other than Toronto? I, yeah, you know, the Hamilton thing is going to be interesting to watch unfold. Uh, can they carry over from what they got going last year? I mean, they started 0-8 and then finished up the season, you know, winning a few more games and playing better. Uh, can they carry that over? What's the Menzel factor going to be? Uh, Ottawa, if they can stay healthy, especially at quarterback, 
they're going to be a threat. I don't see much coming out of Montreal this year, uh, but I, Toronto to me is the clear team to beat in the in the CFL East. Obviously, as Great Cup champs, they got uh, they've got one of the best quarterbacks not only in the league but of all time playing for them, and uh, they've got the experience winning the Great Cup. So they've got to be the team to beat in the East. I think. Well, yeah, Hamilton is interesting. They're going to get smoked by uh, Calgary this week, most likely. And then it'll be, oh, do we uh, go to Johnny Manziel already for uh, week two as they head to Edmonton? That, uh, you know, that I, too early? Really, I, I really feel bad for Jeremiah Masoli because every time he's, he, he conducts a two and out, every time there's an interception, every time the Ticats get beat, every time they don't move the football, the camera's going to go to Johnny Manziel and people are going to talk about when's he going to get a chance to come into the game. I feel bad for Mazzoli because it's really a no-win situation. I think we all can agree that, that by the end of the year, Johnny Manziel is going to be the starter in Hamilton. It just seems to be a matter of when. And there's all sorts of pressure on Mazzoli to try and push that changing of the guard as deep into the season as he can. Uh, you know, and, and the only way... The only way that Manziel doesn't become the starter is if uh, the Ticats get off to a great start, win a lot of games early, and, and uh, Mazzoli's playing lights out. But I don't see that happening, especially the way they start. I mean, they've got, I think they've got Calgary, then they're in Edmonton. I think after that they've got a home-and-home home with Winnipeg. So it's not an easy start at all for them in the schedule. Yeah, good luck with that when it comes to a good start. Uh, yeah, maybe perhaps we'll see Manziel at some point against Calgary or Edmonton. Like, I don't think he'll start, he won't start those games, but if it gets away from ha- from Hamilton, you know, at the half or third quarter type situation, maybe yeah, they'll, they'll it, throw uh, Manziel in there. If it gets out of hand, I would think they would. I think they've got to take the opportunity when when a game is out of reach to give him as much playing time as possible because, you know, he hasn't played for a long time. It's been, what, three years since he threw a ball in the NFL spring league that he played in doesn't count. He just he just needs to he needs to get reps and he needs to work and I think they'll take every opportunity to get him into games and and who knows maybe June Jones will take the route that Chris Jones took when he was here and he had Pat White, Jordan Lynch and even James Franklin to a certain extent that that uh they would they would bring those guys in for for plays, bring those guys in, you know, in certain packages. I know Jordan Lynch would always come in in the, in the third down and he would rush the ball in the short yardage situation. Then he'd stay in for a first down and then, uh, and if he, you know, had some success, he would stay in before they brought Riley in. So maybe the Ticats will build some sort of, uh, playbook around, uh, Manziel just coming in and spelling off Mazzoli once in a while. So it's, it, like I said, it's going to be interesting to watch how that whole thing unfolds in Hamilton. Yeah, one of the big stories uh, to watch this uh, CFL season. All right, Marley, back to the game tonight. Uh, we know uh, the Bombers are likely going to uh, lean on Andrew Harris quite a bit, especially with a rookie quarterback in uh, Straveler. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I know you'll fill us in with uh, the correct uh, pronunciation of that uh, name here. But uh, he's starting tonight with uh, Nichols on the shelf. So lots of Andrew Harris likely. Bowman, of course, uh, playing in this game for Winnipeg against the Eskimos. Another storyline there. What do you expect uh, tonight? Nobody knows what to expect from Chris Strebler. We're, we're talking with uh, Jason Moss yesterday, and, and he was just saying, we don't, you know, they, they got a little look at him on tape, and they got to see him in person in that game here on June 1st, where he was pretty good. He went 10 for 10 for 140 yards, but 
over half those yards came on one play and a touchdown pass. Uh, but you know, they, he said, we don't, we don't, we don't know what he does well. We don't know what he doesn't do well. We don't know what he does in certain situations. And that's going to be the biggest thing. The whole game's going to be a learning experience for the Eskimos defense. The main starters didn't play in that game in Winnipeg. So they never had an opportunity to play against him. They just saw the tape and were able to watch the game and try and pick things up from there. So it's a bit of a mystery tonight, you know, and flip it around as well. He doesn't know them. He doesn't know about El Mondo Sewell. He doesn't know about Alex Bass. He doesn't know about Kwaku Boateng. So there's going to be a learning experience on both sides of the football in this one. But nobody seems to know what to expect. Nobody wants to talk about it because there's there's just not enough data out there to make some kind of decision on how Chris Strebler is going to do. I mean, he's 23 years old. He went to the Bombers minicamp, mostly just watched, didn't have a contract, liked what he saw, and then signed with them, and in fact turned down uh, an offer to go to a couple of uh, NFL minicamps, I believe. Uh, signed a contract after the Bombers uh, minicamp here, and then uh, just got thrown to the Wolves. Played a little bit in preseason, and when Matt Dunnigan went down, he shared the reps uh, uh, for a while with Alex Ross in practice, but then they named him the starter, and He's been getting all the first-team work since then. So uh, the, the kid's pretty smart, too. He doesn't seem to be really overwhelmed with anything. The situation is certainly not too big for him. I mean, he's, he's already got one master's degree, and he is uh, five credits short from another master's degree, and he's got another degree as well. So by the time, this time next year, he'll probably have three degrees. So he's going to be the smartest man in the huddle. I think we know that for sure. But just how we'll react, it's going to be the interesting thing to find out. And uh, we'll see how Bowman uh, fares playing with, uh, you know, a rookie quarterback. I know he has a connection with Nichols, but uh, I'll have to wait and see later on in the season uh, if that connection is still uh, on point. But uh, we'll see what kind of impact Bowman can have uh, with the Bombers. What do you uh, think uh, he'll be able to do tonight and uh, as the season progresses? I I think he'll have a pretty good year. I think he'll have a bounce-back year, especially if Nichols gets back a little quicker than uh, than some people anticipate uh you know it's four to six weeks they said for nickels but that was a week ago so now we're down to three to five weeks and i think they have a bye week in there so he might miss just two to four games who knows um so yeah bowman was talking yesterday he said he's pretty confident with strebler but he's looking forward to uh to, to Matt Nichols coming back because they did have a good chemistry when they played together in Edmonton, and uh, he's looking forward to getting that going again. But uh, yeah, I think I think he's going to have a bounce back year. You know, he got hurt last year, and then just kind of balls were just going elsewhere last year. He got hurt, and then Walker came back, and Zilstra was all world last season, so uh, there was just no room for uh, for Darius Bowman in that offense last year, and uh, that's probably one of the main reasons, along with the bonus money and the salary structure, why he was moved. So we'll see. I think he'll have a good year. He's pretty happy to be back in Winnipeg. So, Marley, last year the Eskimos lost 346 man games uh, to injuries, and uh, now all of a sudden, to start the year, they have uh, is it seven or six players on the six-game injury list to start the season. Yeah, seven players. Here Jeez. we go again, right? Uh, it's it's uh, kind of incredible. Uh, Johnny Adams, uh, Giovanni April, Arjun Colhoun, Jerron Carter, uh, Karner, uh, Kreiner, along with uh, guys who are already hurt, Mercy Maston, John Simonois, and James Tuck already all on the six-game injured list. Bryant Mitchell is on the one-game injured list. So they seem to be picking up where they left off last year to a certain extent. And a lot of those injuries to the guys in the defensive backfield just happened within the last week to ten days because uh, it was uh, shaping up to be a pretty good-looking defensive backfield. And then 
guys started to get hurt and they disappeared from practice. And then Aaron Grimes had to go home for personal reasons. He's been moved to the suspended list while he's away, so he's not going to play in the game. And all of a sudden, you got Maurice McKnight, who was released on cutdown day, then called back a couple of days later. Uh, he's going to start the game uh, uh, on the corner spot. So he's going to start on one corner. Jordan Hoover is going to move in for Arjun Colhoun on the other corner. So the Eskimos are going to stay with the Canadian in that spot with Jeff and Godfrey Onyeka backing him up. And uh, Money Hunter is going to get an opportunity to play. Uh, it looks like in place of Forrest Hightower, who's on the roster, but didn't practice much this week. And I don't know if he'll if he'll dress even for this game tonight. So Money Hunter's going to play. And the only guy with, with a little bit of experience that's, uh, that's going to play, along with Neil King at safety, but uh, is uh, Nick Taylor, who played a couple of years, 17 games total, with uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks. So, yeah, it's a different-looking backfield than, than we thought it was going to be in that defensive secondary. Yeah, inexperienced quarterback against an inexperienced secondary for the Eskimos, so that should be fun. I love Money Hunter, though, that name. I just love that. I hope you have some fun with that on the broadcast tonight. because I'm Yeah, sure absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching him play. He's, uh, he was a tackling machine when he played in Arkansas, and uh, he had uh, three tackles in the two preseason games he played in. The good news, I think, I guess for both sides of it, these guys played the game here a week ago when the Eskimos played all their backups against Strebler. So Strebler has seen all these DBs, and these DBs have seen him. And, uh, you know, Nick Taylor had an interception and a sack on Strebler in that game. Uh, I'm not sure if they were both on Strebler or not, but he had it in that game. So, you know, these the, the, the DBs and the, and the inexperienced quarterback for the Bombers are, are a little bit familiar with each other, and that, that may help one side out or the other. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out. All right, Marley. Well, I know you'll be back on the air at uh, 5 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff, 6.30 a kickoff from Investors Group Field. We we'll look forward to it. Dave Campbell, of course, will join me. We'll talk to Blake Dermott on the phone as well. Uh, looking forward to uh, opening night in the Canadian Football League tonight. Eskimos and Bombers start the season. Last time they played the very first game of the regular season was 1969, Brendan. Eskimos won it in Winnipeg 33 nothing. We'd all be happy if that happened again tonight, right? Yeah, that's possible. I think the Eskimos will win handily, but I don't know if it'll be 33 nothing. We'll see what happens. But have some fun tonight, man. Yes. All right. Thanks, Brendan. All right. That's the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, Morley Scott. It's 147 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with this day in Oilers history. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and Hall you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 151 in Edmonton. Ulrich with you on Oilers now. Dustin Kaufman behind the glass helping out today as well. I know Bob will be away tomorrow as he takes part in the Golden Bears golf tournament. He is at the the Golden Bears ceremony right now, a celebration of uh, the life for Claire Drake. So that's why I'm in the big chair today. All right. Some guests on Oilers now receive gift certificates to Royal Pizza. 
pizza, pasta, and so much more. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca. The Ulrich recommendation today, the pepperoni and green pepper. Off to this day in Oilers history. It was a good one brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Looking at going on a river cruise in Europe for 2018. New West Travel has some great rates on these fabulous cruises. We go back to June 14th, 2006. Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final in Raleigh. Fernando Pisani, the hero. Oh, it's stolen. Pisani is in alone. Shoots, scores! Fernando Pisani, short-handed. The Oilers win it. Four to three in sudden death overtime. We'll see you in Edmonton on Saturday night. What a moment that was. Pisani opening the scoring in that game and finishing things off with the overtime winner, a short-handed marker. Uh, as the Oilers would take Game 5, 4-3 in overtime, they would then uh, return to Edmonton for Game 6, shutting out the Hurricanes 4-0. Game 7, though, would not go as planned as the Oilers would fall 3-1. That is this day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel, who have great travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, golf packages, and employee corporate reward trips. Call the friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or go online at newestravel.com. Believe it or not, I didn't read a text on the show today. Crazy. I know there were some people bashing me about uh, soccer earlier. Dustin, are you a big soccer guy? Do you watch the World Cup? I don't know. <laughs> See, Bob always bugs me because I... Bu- well, I actually bug Bob about talking about soccer on this show. He likes to bring it up from time and time again, but then all of a sudden the World Cup is here, and I'm all excited. So uh, it's a it's a great tournament. Um you have the whole world coming together to watch this event. So if we're going to talk a little bit of soccer on the show, don't text in and bug us. You know, it's only once every four years. So it's all good. And the Eskimos, of course, uh, in action tonight. There are some texts here coming in. Don't people know that uh, all four starters who play defensive back for the Eskimos aren't playing tonight? This will be a tough game from Brad. That's a good point, but I don't know how much uh, that secondary is going to be tested going up against the rookie quarterback. There'll be a lot of Andrew Harris, and one thing the Eskimos have is a good D-line. They have good linebackers with a Sheriff back as well, so I think they'll be okay there. Watch out for Bazzi tonight. He'll come in and uh, likely make an impact this season for the Eskimos. So I think they'll be okay, but yeah, it will be a tough game. They are going to Winnipeg. Winnipeg has a good defense. That crowd likes to get into it, and uh, they have some dangerous weapons on offense, aside from rookie quarterback, but by all accounts, it sounds like the Strebler guy is pretty athletic. So we'll see uh, if he uh, challenges the Eskimos at all tonight in his first start. Phil says he's not a soccer fan, but the World Cup is an awesome tournament to watch. And I agree with you. Why not watch it? And why not wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning tomorrow, go to a local bar if your team or your country is playing, have a few beers, and take in the action? That's an excuse, you know, to watch soccer. and An excuse to uh, get out and start drinking nice and early. So... (laughs) Maybe that's the reason why I'm so excited about the World Cup. I don't know why. But I think Germany has a chance to win this thing again, so I'm excited about that. So they'll be fun to watch. Brazil will be good. France with all their young talent. They'll be exciting to watch. I have a few bets on the line. I'm in a few pools. So it's all good. It's all fun and games. The U.S. Open going on right now as well. And man, oh man, this course is eating up 
the top golfers in the world right now. Although Dustin Johnson is doing okay through seven holes. He's at one under. But the leader is in this tournament right now at one under. There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven golfers tied at the top of the leaderboard at one under. So I believe the winds were a little heavier earlier this morning. And yet Rory McIlroy, I think he finished nine or ten over. Jason Day shooting a 79, nine over. Rory McIlroy shooting an 80. 10 over on the day. So, wow. It's crazy. Jordan Spieth was 8 over, so some of the world's top golfers struggling uh, at Shinnecock right now. Tiger Woods is out there. I believe he's at 3 over early on his round, so you can continue to follow that uh, as this tournament moves along. But it's crazy how hard they make this course. This tournament, actually, the U.S. Open, the USGA, they love making this as difficult as possible on these Lynx-style courses. The wind is uh, howling. And uh, it's a challenge for even the world's best. A lot of fun, though. Lots to watch in the world of sports this weekend. That next weekend will be uh, the lead-up to the NHL draft shortly after free agency. Of course, you have the NHL awards as well next week. So lots to talk about, even though it's the offseason for hockey. 156 in Edmonton. That officially wraps up the Thursday edition of Oilers. Now, tomorrow on the show... We will have Elliot Friedman on the program. We'll recap the Eskimos game and much more. Speaking of that game, though, the broadcast tonight. 5 o'clock, the, the countdown to kickoff. 6.30 uh, kickoff from Investors Group Field in Winnipeg. Dustin, thanks for helping out today. Hopefully, we'll be back tomorrow. Hello. Alrighty. Talk to you then. So long from Oilers Now. The afternoon news is up next. Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.